Hello and welcome to the Didache podcast, where we draw upon past wisdom to help plant and grow new churches. In this A Sunday with Jesus series, I'll be joined by a range of guests, and together we'll walk through a typical Sunday, from the call to worship through to food after the service. And we're asking, how do these things help us to follow Jesus throughout the week? My hope is that we'll see our gathered worship of Jesus as the heart of our church life together and our discipleship to Jesus. Not just because of what we're doing, but because of what God is doing in these gatherings. As James Smith wrote, Worship is the arena in which God recalibrates our hearts, reforms our desires, and rehabituates our loves. Worship isn't just something we do, it's where God does something to us. Worship is the heart of discipleship, because it's the gym in which God retrains our hearts. Thanks to all those involved in these episodes, thanks to John Smith for the incredible intro music, and to you for listening. I hope this series helps enlarge your vision of Jesus and his church. Well, welcome to the Dedicate podcast, where we're seeking to learn from Jesus, the living God, how to be human. And in this series called A Sunday with Jesus, we're asking why as followers of Jesus do we do what we do on Sundays? And in this episode, I'm thrilled to be joined by Mike Walker, vicar of St. John's Southend, and we're going to be talking about music and singing. Mike, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Sam. It's always good to see you, dear brother, and always good to uh, help in any way I can. Although I have told you that you're getting barrel scrapage. It's (laughs) (laughs) It's only bottom of the barrel from me, I'm afraid, but I'll do my very best. No way, man. I'm expecting glory. And of course, this is the second time actually you've been on uh, the dedicated podcast we recorded a conversation I think last year sometime about your church planting journey at St John's South End so if someone wants to hear hear about that story uh, do check that out uh, so Mike yeah great to have you with us first time I actually saw you uh, you were behind a drum kit at All Souls Langham uh, Police uh, always there's going to be no drummer jokes on this episode not least because I'm a drummer too <laughs> Uh, I do think drummers drummers are definitely best place to reflect on on music, and that's what we're going to do yeah. today. Um, so what it says it, actually, it says in Psalm 150, praise them on the like the clashing symbols and the loud symbols. So of all the instruments that the Lord lists, yeah. He wants loads of symbols. So <laughs> I always say that as a drummer, it's very important that churches have loads of symbols. Agreed. And is it? Am I right in thinking Asaph, who was one of the directors of music uh, of Israel in David's day. He played the cymbals. Yeah, that, he had a, he had a Lug, I think he had a Ludwig uh, five yeah. piece uh, maple. I think that's with, right. uh, with Zildjian Zildjian symbols. I think he, he was a Zildjian. <laughs> yeah, he's a Zildjian guy. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Hey, we're so used to having drummer jokes thrown at us. It's it's good not to. It's good to be in a safe space. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, mate. The, the the Bible's a musical book. Uh, you, you cannot escape music in the Bible, um, and obviously the, the 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 longest book in the Bible is a music book. Why don't you take us through? Give us a brief survey of, of music in the Bible. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it is a great topic that you you rightly point out. There's so much music and singing and dancing and praise and worship. The Lord sort of surrounds Himself with it. The vision in Revelation is just the whole of the heavens just singing praises together um, in one voice. Um, but I thought I'd just touch on a little bit about God himself as a singer and um, and touch on a couple of reference 
differences because it's great, isn't it? If, if we see ourselves almost as joining in in the life of God, a singing Lord, uh, the singing Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, if we see that, if we see him and we see him singing, then that, that, that will encourage us in this, uh, in this ministry. And uh, I'll just chuck out a very, a very well-known one at you, which is, um, this is, this is one that often, that often people refer to, which is the Zephaniah 3 one, mm. uh, where the Lord's a mighty, a mighty saviour, and he's, he's uh, talking about the rescue of his people out of exile, having sort of faced his judgment on them out there. And he says this, this is the, this is the well-known one. Uh, do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior, warrior who saves you. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Mm. So that's a really that's a really lovely one where the Lord's not only is he rescuing his people from their exile and the judgment that they've faced, but he's delighting in them with singing. The Lord is singing over his people. And that's a wonderful picture, isn't it? Just how much just how much God as father loves his children. Um, but then, like I, I just the one that uh, caught my eye the other day was, um, you know, uh, Sometimes I think when we think of the Lord speak, like even when we're when He's creating the uh, the universe, the world, and everything in it, um, we do speak like He made it with His word, like He did it with um, He did it with His mighty word, in, you know, in, in and through the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of His word. But isn't it interesting that the very first thing that Adam says to Eve when we read the account of Genesis is so poetic, you know, that the opening words that Adam uses with his wife are so poetic. And in fact, that whole narration of the opening chapters of the Bible that tell of the creation of the whole world is such a piece of poetry that someone just mentioned to me, it could almost be that rather than actually like speaking it into existence, like the son of God, the power of the spirit at the, at the you know, at the father's command, speaking it into existence, almost like at least saying some poetry as he brings the whole world into existence. But perhaps even, like maybe we could imagine the Lord even singing the creation into existence, like with, uh, with delight. I take it, you know, that in the life of God, he's delighting in himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then that's just like, we know, isn't it? It's like an overflow. The fountain's overflowing now as he creates um, the world and everything in it and the people in his image. And it seems, I don't know, it seems a little bit more apt it seems possibly in more, more in keeping with the Lord's character that he should sing the whole thing <laughs> into existence. Anyway, that was a little kind of throwaway one, just a thought. Um, but yeah, the Bible's full of the Lord, you know, the Lord's passionate about it in, in everything that's set up. You think back to the community of God way back when um, he's bringing his people up out of slavery, forming a nation. There they are setting up the tabernacle in the temple in the middle of God's people. And of course, there's endless instructions in, I think it's Chronicles or, or, or previously in the Pentateuch, how a whole tribe of God's people have been set apart. The Levites are set apart for the worship of the Lord uh, in, the, in the tabernacle and then the temple. Musical instruments, of course, all the sacrificial worship and all that kind of stuff's happening. But they've devoted a twelfth of the nation, you know, one in twelve <laughs> at least maybe, to be devoted to the ministry of uh, praise, worship, including music, um, so that that's absolutely essential in the life of the people of God. Um, yeah, so it's 
and and that's just I, I you know I see that as a big reflection on 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 it's not just that the Lord is is wanting to hear us sing but he's he's singing first he's a singing Lord God and then and kind of we're joining in as we sing his praise too there's a little there's a little start oh, of the ten, Sam. little start a little of the ten. oh that was <laughs> that was that was awesome really really loved that and you know you were talking there about music and, and creation there that's really exciting stuff and just thinking about Job 38 actually as mm. the Lord comes and says, you know, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. Surely, you know, who stretched the measuring line across it on what were its footings set or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together. And all yeah, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's it. it. That's it's it. No wonder we like working to, to music, working yeah. to soundtracks. God does too. That's really that's a good one. Like yeah, that. that's a great one. So yeah, many really women, good. you know, like you say, so it all starts with this musical God, this God who is mm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and, and out, out the overflow of their love and their joy, they they sing and they move outwards mm. and they create and they create this musical world. I mean, we're just surrounded, aren't we, by by music from when we wake up and we hear those birds singing and throughout, throughout the day and creates this musical mm. world. I mean. Mm. You know, the Bible talks about the mountains singing and the trees clapping their hands. Yes, yes. The church, and that's what we're thinking about in, in this episode. Uh, you know, why do we do what we do as church? And one of the things that we wanted to say is, well, we do what Jesus does. So talk to us a little bit about Jesus and music. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, you got, um, so for example, well, if you think about the way Jesus is, um, spoken of in the New Testament. So let me give you a reference here. I uh, wrote it down. Take, for example, um, even like even on the cross, Psalm 22, when so many times that psalm is referred to, and Jesus himself starts quoting for it ways on the cross. So he's kind of owning that psalm, right? The Lord Jesus himself is owning those words in that psalm, particularly. I mean, we've actually got a, an anchor point there in the Gospels. And in that psalm, um, you read it. You read these words, I will declare your name to my people and in the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. So Jesus is there, even even sort of in the in the moment of his greatest trial, imagining himself amongst the people of God um, singing out, maybe leading out the people of God in praise. Similarly, another another idea, similar idea in um, in Romans towards the end of Romans, Romans 15, um, when Psalm 18 is quoted and it's all it's all talking about um, the life of all the nations, the, the nations being brought into the glory of God. And Psalm 18 is quoted and, um, uh, you know, with the voice of Jesus imagined here in Paul's writing and Psalm 18 says, therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations, among the Gentiles. And I will sing the praises of your name. So like Paul is just dropping Jesus um, into that psalm. He's the true David. He's the true psalmist. He's the true worship leader. Mm. He's the true worship leader who leads out God's people in singing. You know, and at least, you've got at least a few reference points in the New Testament that put Jesus in that spot. And then you can just fill in the gaps. So then you can like say, oh, well, if we see him worshipping there, if he is the psalmist, if he's the true Messiah, the true David and everything else, then he is the true worship leader. He's yeah. really the psalmist of all, you know, he's, he's the overarching psalmist of them all. And so he's, he's the one who's, 
you know, leading the praise, leading out the praise of God's people, leading us all in worship like that, foremost. So it's like, um, uh, I've got a little quote here um, from um, The Good God, which Mike Reeves' book, um, which is a nice one. I thought I'd just dig it out and share it with you guys. So it says, indeed, in the triune God is the love behind all loves, the life behind all life, the music behind all music, the beauty behind all beauty, the joy behind all joy. In other words, in the triune God is a God we can heartily enjoy and enjoy in and through his creation and in and through music. What a quote. Oh, brilliant. What a thought as well. Jesus is the, the worship leader. And people will see, you know, in the Psalms, um, there's all these titles, aren't there? And it depends which version you've got. But in the ASV, it talks about to the choir master. Oh, uh, yeah. Director of music. And you're wondering at times, because there's that guy, Asap, who is the kind of director of music mm. in Israel. But he writes some songs for the director of music. And you're like, is he writing to himself? Oh, oh, good man. one. Yeah. Glenn Scribner said the Psalms are Jesus' prayer journal and we get to pray along. Something nice. like that. Well, yeah, that's good. It's a fun book and we get to sing along, but that's mm. great. That's great. Yeah. And, and choirs you... are okay. Choirs are cool. That's, oh, that's do good. You have a choir, do you have a choir at your church? I wish. I wish. I wish we did. We have, we have singers. We have groups of singers, but uh, not a full-blown choir. I'm up for it, though. I'm up for it. Robes okay. and everything. Let's more do symbols, it. More cymbals, more, more singers. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and, of course, Jesus, yeah, I'm just thinking um, Last Supper, there's that little detail uh, in Mark, oh, yeah. they, they sing a hymn just before they go out. Do you yeah. think something about music and suffering? And obviously you said mm. Jesus kind of, on, on the cross, he has the, 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 the words of the Psalms on his lips. Mm -hmm. I think there's something in that. It is. It's a wonderful little throwaway line. Yeah, just before they go off to the Mount of Olives, they sing a hymn. Yeah. That must have been, and it's almost, it's such a throwaway comment, it just must have been their custom. It must have been yeah. quite a regular thing, perhaps at the time of Passover particularly, but other times as well, of course. But they would just get together and sing a hymn, presumably one that they knew and they were singing regularly. And it was just a very, very natural thing. So natural that it's almost uh, inadvertently just thrown into that, uh, to that passage in the, in, the, in the Gospels. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. So we sing because Jesus sings and mm. sustains us in suffering. But what else, I mean, what else in the Bible does, does music uh, do in us, if you like? Okay, yeah. So um, let me, uh, nice. So Paul elaborates a little bit on singing, doesn't he? Um, so for example, Ephesians 5, 18 to 20, mm. he goes, be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I wonder if that verse, like, he's commanding his people to sing, he's, you know, he's commanding the churches to sing, and sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And it, you know that singing really gets, gets the heart going. You know, so singing, in, it, it, perhaps in ways that other mediums don't quite achieve really engages the heart and uh, you sing out I mean I'm always just fascinated when I go to uh, even sort of secular concerts right so I went to a Coldplay concert not so long ago and um, and the amount of tears and hands in the air and people just getting so caught up in it all was just I mean it was I, I was just like taken back by the whole thing that singing and I you know and what more even more so 
when we've actually got reasons to sing, reasons, you know, we're actually motivated to sing. It's not just Chris Martin, <laughs> but it's the living God who's causing, you know, it gets the heart, music gets the heart. But then he also says, and um, Paul says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So he wants, he wants the words of Jesus to dwell in our hearts, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So his desire actually is that the truth of God, the word of God, the word of Christ would dwell and sit in those deep places of our inner being richly. They would teach and admonish and train us in, in all wisdom as we, as we sing, mm. you know, as we do that, as we go about that activity. Yes, of course, that's going to be included as we preach and share together and eat together and, you know, share testimony together and all those kind of things. But certainly here, Colossians 3.16 um, the word of Christ, you know, will dwell in us richly mm. as we sing glorious things to God and to one another uh, in that way. So, you know, there's at least a couple of reasons. It's engaging our hearts in ways perhaps that other, other things just don't reach. And it will, it will enable the deep truths and the love of Jesus, and the word of Christ to dwell in us so richly as we sing uh, harm, um, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, those things together. Wonderful, wonderful. A really compelling case for music and singing to be a key part of our Sundays with Jesus. We, we get to reflect the triune God as we sing and make music. Uh, we communicate and memorise truth uh, for one mm. another. We affect one another and are, we're affected by music. Uh, and so many other things. It promotes unity, I'm sure, as well. Um, and so it's, it's got to be key, hasn't it, Mike? Uh, mm -hmm. Could you give us just a few quick tips about music and singing and how you choose songs uh, on Sundays? Yeah, we do. Yeah, so we uh, certainly hear, I know this, I know there's many, like, music in church is possibly one of the most controversial yeah. <laughs> subjects going. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But um, certainly here, the way we do it is I, I'm always keen. My sort of the pattern we have at our 11 a.m. service here is we start with praise, big, a big anthem. Like that's how I want to start our worship here. A big anthem of praise, at least one like that's really going to move us towards God in a big way, especially as we're coming out, of, you know, a time of coffee and chatting and all that kind of stuff. So I'm always after a big anthem to get us, get our heads up, get our gaze up, get our gaze on Jesus. Then we generally do sort of an opening prayer thing. We have a kid's slot and all that kind of gubbins, you know, just there. And then afterwards, just as we sort of prepare for um, the sermon, the preaching, the message, whatever you want to call it. And um, just before that section, there's a sort of more extended time of praise. Um, we're picking songs there, I guess, in that section where we're, we're creating a platform for the word of God to dwell in our hearts richly, the word of Christ to dwell. So, we're already singing the truths, God willing, that we're going to be hearing. So we've been doing a sermon series in John 15. So we're picking songs that are going to teach us about our connection to Jesus divine, the love we've received from God, the love we have, therefore, for one another, you know, obeying Jesus in that way. So we'll, we'll sort of fill in that gap there with songs that will prepare us for that. Um, and then at the end of the service, we'll respond in some way. And we'll choose, again, we'll choose a couple of songs uh, towards the end that will just give us an opportunity to respond to what we've heard. Similar idea, just reinforcing um, what, you know, the theme of what we're doing and uh, giving us an opportunity to express heartfelt thanks, praise, 
um, to the Lord and to sing those things to each other. That's kind of, that's roughly our, our pattern. And um, I'm always, you know, I want to sing, I want to sing new stuff. You know, I'm keen to sing new stuff. I'm keen to sing a new song to the Lord. Like I do like that. Um, but also, we, you know, we're keen also to get out, to use a whole, a wide gamut of, of stuff. Um, we will draw on everything we can really, um, so, you know, that, that brings us together. I love to hear the church sing. I mean, my, my, the one piece of advice I, I sort of give to, we have someone who leads us out in worship here, is get the church singing. Like, I just, more than anything else, I want to hear uh, the church loud, singing mm. loud, mm. singing heartily, singing it out. And if we have to play really, really naff stuff from the 80s, that's fine. I don't care. Just get us singing, you know, whatever. Um, that's, uh, that's what it's about for me. Well, man, and it, you know, it's, it can be tempting sometimes, particularly if we've let individualism run rampant in the church to kind of maybe just focus on ourselves, but actually just open our eyes and our ears to what's going on around us and, and to, to see uh, the people of God worshipping uh, the, mm. living, the living God mm. together. What a powerful, mm. encouraging thing, right? Mm. Yeah, and actually one, one little project of mine is to get it, we have quite um, we have a little live stream. Just like everyone's doing a live stream now, and uh, one thing that upsets me about it is that we haven't we don't mic anyone other other than the person who's actually singing oh, yeah. at the moment, and so um, you don't really hear the church. Well, not very well. It's very faint. So my next little thing is just I just want to grab a <laughs> grab a mic and just point it at the church. So that when you're tuning in, and I know because we've got folks, we've got a guy in hospital who's joining us in the live stream. We've got other people who are isolating, join us in the live stream. Mm -hmm. And I just, I want them to be able to hear the whole church singing along. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, my so next little, that's my next little project. Oh, I love that. I love that. Hey, I came across this quote from Charles Spurgeon, uh, the great, the great British preacher. He said this, there's no engagement on the heaven that's more exalting than praising God. Never may we cease from praising and magnifying the name of the well-beloved. This mm. is your occupation in heaven, in the new creation. Let us begin the music here and make a heaven of the church even here below. Love that. So nice. Good. It's that, that, that we, we, we get to do here what's going on right now in heaven. The angels worshiping, uh, worshiping the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And we get to get, we, we get caught up in that. I love that. Mm. Hey, listen, that just, just one last thing, just on, you know, this, this series is called A Sunday with Jesus, but we're not Sunday-only Christians. Uh, we're mm -hmm. whole life, whole week Christians. But I think one of the things that we wanted to say with this series is that actually Sundays we, we, is, is like a training ground. I mean, we are living out uh, life with Jesus on Sundays, but it's like, it's like a training ground. We're, we're, you know, we're practicing singing together, praying together, reading the word of God together, serving one mm -hmm. another, eating together. Yeah. In order to go and do that stuff Monday to Saturday in the different roles, relationships. Yeah. Um, that, that Jesus has called us into. Uh, could you just touch on that? Just how do we take music and singing from Sundays into the rest of the week? That's a great point. And I think some of that has to do with song choice as well. Like I want to be singing a song sometimes uh, in church, church together on a Sunday, that you can reproduce a cappella in the week at any stage. So one of, one of the great thing about the old choruses, the choruses we sing like from way back, is that they're so singable, even without, you know, you don't have to have the pads on. You don't have to have the, you know, the guitar and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Because everyone just knows those yeah. choruses and off you go. There was a great shot, I think, when, um, when Notre Dame was burning down, basically, in Paris. Do you remember that? 
yeah. uh, I think what was that like 2019 or something yeah, and sure. um and everyone just all the Parisians like gathered outside well a whole bunch of them did a whole bunch of the Christians out there were, were just gathered outside and they were all singing no crib sheets no nothing no lyrics no instruments no nothing but as as the place was burning down there they were just singing they knew the words they knew the tune off they went and uh yeah it's great we had a coffee morning just here on Monday and we've got some there's a guy who joins us for coffee morning he's got quite serious dementia and he just loves to sing so he just starts singing and uh he sings the well-known choruses and everyone just joins in it's so easy because everyone knows so it's important that um, it's a lovely thing to do when when I go around and do home communions with people or when we've got a little Bible study going on to know to have a back you know it's good to have a little bank of songs that we know the church knows we all know them we all know those ones and we can just sing them out whenever we don't need song sheets we don't need someone to get their guitar out and we can just go for it yeah it's important. brilliant 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 advice and one thing I'd love you know to do to hear here in our church is just encourage learning the psalms and singing the psalms and you know Bonhoeffer has this great book on on the psalms and he just says in the early church it was not uncommon for the people to know the whole of David by heart all the psalms so that that'd be cool as you say like it's just it's just so much easier to learn um words to to music uh yeah you know, I remember songs from my, my childhood, but the poet, poems that I studied at GCSE, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's in that. Don't you love it when you're reading the Psalms and you just stumble over it and you start going, the Lord is gracious and compassionate or something. Yeah. You see the words yeah. and you're like, oh, straight away. I've got the song for that. I've got a tune for that. Away so we go. Good. Yeah, That's it is good. Awesome. Love that. Love that. Well, Mike, thank you so much. It's just been really, really good. We're trying to keep these, these episodes quite brief, but there's so much more we could say. And just one thing I'd say to people who are listening to this and, and want to explore it more, uh, do search the scriptures uh, for, for uh, music and singing. And there's just tons in there. And there's just great odd little verses as well. J- just like this one from Revelation 18.22, which is fascinating. One of the consequences of the fall of Babylon is this, uh, that the music of harpists and musicians, flute players and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. So those who say no to the Lord, music's not going to be part of of, of that future. Uh, But for for those of us who trust and follow Jesus, who love him uh, and will be part of that new creation, music's going to be eternally present. And I'm just so excited to hear the music of the new creation nice Uh, it's going to be awesome and sing together with jesus as that director of of music wonderful let me finish with a a bit of a song it's at uh, psalm 69 uh it says this i will praise god's name in song and will glorify him with thanksgiving this will please the lord more than an ox more than a bull with its horns and hooves amen mike thanks so much for being with us Thank you, bro. Great to be with you. You weren't escaping the barrel there, man. It was glory. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was, but anyway. (laughs) Fantastic. And thanks uh, for those who've been listening. Hope this has been helpful. And do tune again for another uh, episode of A Sunday with Jesus on the Didache podcast. Thanks so much.